Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about an NCAA investigation and the start of the Syracuse basketball season. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Andrew Cowie, and our first guest today is ESPN and SNY college basketball analyst Tim Welsh. Coach, thanks so much for coming on the program today. Always a pleasure being with you guys. Thank you. Coach, I, I want to get you started on this one, and I don't, it's not exactly a pleasant topic for Syracuse fans, but there are a lot of rumors swirling around with Syracuse and this NCAA investigation that's been going on. As a coach, how do you approach keeping your players focused on basketball and not on these outside distractions? Well, no one's better at that than Jim Beheim. I mean, every coach has been through a lot, but he's, he's seen it all over the course of his career, and he knows how to manage his team. The only thing important with his basketball team right now is getting better on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, his team, I'm sure he's explained it to them, this, whatever is being investigated or being talked about has nothing to do with the current players. could affect them in some way down the road, but, you know, it's Jim's job and the administration's job to, to deal with that end of it and the player's job just to focus in on being a student-athlete and uh, enjoying their, their year at Syracuse. And I'm sure Jim has reiterated that to them almost daily, and I'm sure that will not be a distraction. Coach, I, let's switch to a more pleasant topic, which is what's actually happening on the court this year. You know, another year, another high amount of turnover for Syracuse. Who do you see as the guy who's going to take over that go-to role, that kind of C.J. Fair role that he had inhabited last year? Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a guy like that. You know, there, there's been a lot of talk about that uh, again, uh, the Christmas, King Christmas is can can get come out and uh, be that big big time player in the middle for them. That remains to be seen. You know, McCullough is a tremendous freshman. He could emerge as a you know one of those special freshmen for them. I think that will take some time, but he has certainly a lot of raw ability. Uh, you know, Cooney in the backcourt showed signs that he could become a really good special guard on fun nights. But I think it'll be more of a balanced team. They're so young. That, you know, I think this will be a fun team to watch. They'll get a lot better as the season progresses. I think they'll go through some ups and downs since the beginning of the year because they have a difficult schedule, but that will only benefit them as they move forward because of the fact that they're so young and there's no real true star, but I think there will be good balance, good chemistry, and, of course, Jim will, will coach them up and they'll have them ready for uh, the stretch run down in February and March. You know, Coach, you've seen, again, I'm going to go back to this high turnover. I mean, they lose – 
you know, three key players from last year's team, you know, three guys who, two guys who went to the NBA, one guy who was a borderline NBA guy in C.J. Fair. And then the year before that, you had even more turnover with, with Michael Carter-Williams leaving and more graduation. I, I just don't understand how Coach Beheim can continue to just put, plug guys in and have the same success every year. How, how does he do it? You know, it's a catch-22. It's, you know, you want to recruit the great players, but it also comes with the caveat knowing that uh, they could leave. And, you know, certainly not, I don't think anybody ever thought that Carter, Michael Carter-Williams and Ennis would leave in that quick period of time, but they did. And they did because they earned their right to because they had outstanding seasons at Syracuse. And that goes with the territory and that Jim's going to recruit great players there and, and his staff. And, they're also going to help develop them and get them better, and I think that's why you've seen Syracuse do that, but it's also I think that's why you've seen uh, all these great players continue to want to come to Syracuse because they've seen the success that the other players in the past have had, not only in winning but also in, in moving on to the next level, which they know if you can play for a coach that's going to get you to the NBA, you want to go there, and that's what these, why these kids want to come play for Jim Boeheim. Coach, um Again, we'll, we'll stick with the team right now, and they're going to head into their second year in the ACC. Who do you see as the team that Syracuse is going to have the most trouble with in conference play? Well, I think you look right. You look to the top of the league again, and it's going to be Duke and, and North Carolina. It's going to emerge, I think, as, after having a couple off years. It's going to be an outstanding team as well, and also – you know, the Louisville's in the league now, so that's their first year in the league, and we know that Rick Pitino doesn't do anything but challenge for titles. And <laughs> and uh, they always uh, give Syracuse a great game. They've got Montrez Harrell. He's, he's a very, very good player and uh, first-team all, preseason All-American. And you know, I would say Louisville, North Carolina, and Duke are the three teams right right now at the top of my tongue. I would say Syracuse has to look, uh, look at as part of the challenge to win the ACC championship. Coach, we'll get you out of your here on this one. I know it's early. It's obviously still in the preseason, but, Coach, you've been on the program many times now. We've gotten to know you very well, and each time you've been on this program, you've made some sort of prediction, and each time you've been, you've been spot on. And I always point back to the fact when Syracuse was on that losing streak, you said Syracuse is still very much a Final Four contender, and lo and behold, they, they made it to Atlanta in 2013, so uh, 2012. So with that being said, how is Syracuse going to do this year? I think they're going to have one of those years that's going to be fun to watch. I think they're going to hit some bumps in the road early in the season until they find an identity, especially with a freshman point guard in Joseph. But I think by the middle of February, heading towards March, again, they're going to be a team that you'll look to see that has a chance to go to the Final Four and they're going to be playing their best basketball because they're going to have a lot of balance and good young players that are going to develop. And, Hopefully we're, we're spot on again. I like when you say I'm spot on. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Coach, it's always a pleasure to have you on. I know Syracuse fans hearing that up in central New York are, are jumping with delight right now. But again, former Providence head coach and ESPN and SNY college basketball analyst Tim Welsh. Coach, great stuff as always. Always a pleasure to have you on. We'll talk to you Thank soon. Thank you. Always a pleasure from my end as well. Thanks. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Coach. Bye. Thank you. Great stuff from our friend Tim Welsh, and speaking of very good friends, we're going to welcome back Syracuse.com basketball beat writer Mike Waters to the program. Mike, thanks so much for coming on again today. Thanks for having me on, Wes. It's good to talk to you again. Mike, I want to get you started on this. Who is the player on Syracuse that fans are going to be talking about the most two, three months from now? Probably Chris McCullough. I, I think he, he looks good. He, he just looks like 
he looks like the part. He looks like an NBA, um, you know, future NBA player. You know, six foot ten. He's got the height. He's got the length. He's very athletic, and and, and the cherry on top for him is he's got just a sweet, soft jump shot. Um, so I'm uh, make a three pointer in Sunday's exhibition game against Carlton. So the only reason I hesitated then was. Uh, you know, there are a couple other candidates. One, it could be Trevor Cooney, because mm. it seems like Syracuse fans are always debating and and uh, Trevor Cooney and whether he's just come off a good game or come off coming off a bad game. Um, yeah, Trevor Cooney always seems to be able to spark a good conversation among Syracuse fans. But uh, just in terms of maybe who might be playing well in a few months and who's who's going to be getting some more attention, I'll, I'll go with Chris McCullough for now. All right, so we talk about Syracuse, but let's move on to the ACC in general. Who's the player or who's the team that Syracuse fans should be most worried about now? Uh, are you talking about between now and, and New Year's? Sure. Or no, 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 well, I'm sorry, in the ACC, I'm sorry, Mike, in the ACC season. Okay, in the ACC, listen, there's four teams in the ACC that to me stand out. And, and they're above everybody else in the conference, at least as we head into the season. And that's Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, and Louisville. All four of them seem to be consensus top ten teams. Um, it's funny, I think Duke and North Carolina seem to be rated a little higher than Virginia and Louisville. I personally really like Virginia. I like what they've got coming back. I know they lost a couple kids in Akeel Mitchell and Joe Harris. But really, when you look at the numbers from last year, Joe Harris did more as a junior than he did as a senior. They had some younger players come on and were filling in roles and, and taking on more responsibilities. And you don't always know the names at Virginia, you know, because they, they still don't quite have, you know, that marquee name that Duke or North Carolina has where you know every guy on the roster. But they've got some guys who can play. And, you know, a year ago, not too many people were talking about Mal Malcolm Brogdon. And he's a terrific player. You know, now he enters this season as an all-ACC, all-American candidate. They got other guys that are going to be on the, on the way now, too. You know, uh, the, the Atkins kid is really, really good. And uh, the little point guard they have coming back, London Perantes. I mean, basically, London Perantes at, at point did almost everything that Tyler Ennis did for Syracuse last year, except London came back to school and Tyler's in the NBA, but I think he's a terrific point guard and, and runs that system for Virginia and Tony Bennett really, really well. So watch out for UVA. Let's go back to Syracuse for a second because I know that there are a lot of people that Syracuse are, uh, fans are going to be talking about, but one that we're not sure of is going to be Daywan Coleman because he hurt his knee. He hasn't even, you know, according to a report by you guys a couple of days ago, we're not even sure if he's going to be back at all this season what's the latest and should we expect him at all he's very up in the air and you know we just had a report actually this morning uh where we finally put a name to the surgical surgical procedure that he underwent uh because they really hadn't been talking too much about it but it's a procedure known as oats that's o-a-t-s and it stands for osteoarticular transfer system and basically what they do in the knee um it's kind of uh it's an interesting procedure where you have like a damaged area of cartilage. And what they do is, is they go into another area of, of the knee where the cartilage is in good shape, but it's in a non-weight-bearing area. So they can remove it from that area of the knee and move it and, and put it into the area where, there's, where the damage is located. 
Um, when I talked to Syracuse trainer uh, Brad Pike uh, yesterday about it, he kind of uh, likened it to like on a golf course on the green when they move the hole of a green. Uh, you have the existing hole, and so you'll go over and you'll take the plug of green out of another area, creating a hole there, and then you go over and you plug it mm. into the old hole. That's kind of what they're doing with this procedure called OATS. Um, and it's basically a, at least a nine-month recovery period and wow. probably more when you're dealing with a kid like Daywan Coleman, who's six foot nine, two hundred and sixty pounds, um, you know, so because he's got a lot of weight to put on that knee and a lot of recovery period. He's doing more now. They see progress. Um, you know, he no longer has to restrict himself to working out in the pool. Uh, you know, doing the treadmill in the pool and doing all his exercises in the pool to kind of alleviate the the stress on the knee. He's now on solid land all the time. Uh, and he's doing more and more exercises to increase his muscle strength, you know, because they gotta they gotta work his quads and his glutes and everything to have him ready for when he actually does get to go ahead to start playing because he's gonna be sore. Um, they're just watching to make sure that the knee doesn't get sore. And so far, so good. Um, Brad Pike, the trainer, told me yesterday November is gonna be a crucial month. So don't expect him to play any time before December. I think you know, November's a big month for him to make some more progress. December's when they'll probably decide whether he's going to be able to play or not. But I think if they could get him back in time for the ACC schedule, to me, that's enough. You play him. Um, and it might even be a benefit to day one because, you know, why, why risk whether he can play an entire schedule at this point in his career? Uh, you know, I'm redshirting this year in the hopes that he can play the following year. If he gets to the point where you're okay, where you're confident that he can go out and go, and as long as it's before the ACC schedule really starts, it might be a benefit to him to play an abbreviated college season. You know, only play 20 games instead of 34, 35. Well, Mike, let's uh, let's take a step away from the basketball court. I want to talk about you for a moment, uh, you know, on the reporting side, so kind of an in, inside baseball thing. You know, it was your first year, obviously, covering Syracuse in the ACC because it was Syracuse's first year in the ACC. What was your favorite part about covering the new conference? And you can absolutely throw stuff about your alma mater in there. <laughs> well, Syracuse didn't play at North Carolina last year. Right, of course. Um, I, I actually, I, we got one trip to North Carolina because North Carolina and Duke had one game rescheduled because of the ice storm. And that game got rescheduled for two days prior to Syracuse's game at Duke. So I actually was able to go down to the Triangle area of North Carolina there a couple days early, and I attended the Duke at North Carolina game. So, yes, <laughs> the Carolina grad was back in Chapel Hill uh, for just even a short time last year. But it worked out great because I got to see, you know, one of the premier matchups in, in the ACC, North Carolina Duke, and it was just two days ahead of the big rematch between Syracuse and Duke at Cameron Indoor, which – you know, allowed me to do some extra work down there. So that was fun. You know, getting to see some new gyms and new places was great. You know, I, you know, I liked going to Wake Forest for a regular season game. Got to go to Maryland for one last game before Maryland left the league. That was great. I loved Virginia's arena down there. That is a gorgeous, gorgeous place. It's right up there with Louisville's Yum Center uh, in terms of some of the newer arenas that have just been built uh, recently and they're spectacular they're both you know they're great for fans players uh, and and even the media uh i have you know decent seats in these in these places so um i you know i it's kind of neat i i miss the old big east stomping grounds you know i missed i missed the northeast feel uh, of the big east but 
you know, as we all know, the, the Big East, the, the Northeast Steel had kind of been diluted in recent years. You know, you weren't leaving the old Big East. That's kind of the Big East we all pine for. But that, that league's kind of gone away. And really, uh, the only time I really, really, truly missed any Big East was at, at the ACC tournament time because uh, the ACC tournament is, to me, you know, no offense to that league, but every conference tournament pales in comparison to what the Big East can do at New York City and Madison Square Garden. And, you know, the ACC is going to come up to New York City in a few years, but they'll play at the Barclays and, you know, I'm, I'm it's not the you know, same. To me, it's the Barclays is really nice and it's new, but it's in Brooklyn and it's not the Garden. Uh, so the ACC, the fans that come up for the ACC in a few years, they're not going to understand what people like you and I and anybody else who remembers the old Big East at the Garden. They're not going to know what we were talking about. They're not going to get it, uh, which is kind of a shame because uh, the old Big East tournament was an incredible event and a treat for every college basketball fan that ever got to attend it there. Mike, thanks so much for, again for coming on the program. Again, Mike Waters on Syracuse.com. Check out all of his great work. He does such a wonderful job covering the team. Mike, enjoy the season. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Good talking to you again. Mike Waters, again, one of the most knowledgeable guys about the Syracuse program out there. And we've had an all-star cast on the program today. So let's keep it going because I'm joined by the Juice Online Senior College Basketball Analyst and 2003 National Champion, Andrew Cowie. Andrew, how are you today? Well, it's 65 in New York City in November, so I'm doing well. <laughs> Andrew, I'm sorry to start you off on this note, but, you know, the 2014-15 season, there's a cloud, a little bit of a cloud over it because we got this NCAA investigation going on. But you've been inside the program when there's been a lot of distractions going on. And I want to point you to two instances, the national championship season when Billy Edenlund, they weren't sure whether he was going to play or not. And then my freshman year, the 2001-2002 season, with all that stuff going on with Preston Shumpert, and uh, Deshaun Williams. So I ask you, how does Coach Beheim deal with distractions like this? You know, one of the things Beheim did is he never talked about it. You know, when we finish practice and he brings us all in, he never brought it up once. Uh, it's something, uh, it's a little different compared to this year because uh, with Billy and Deshaun, the Preston situation, it was a player. So we were always wondering, you know, are we going to have Billy? He was an important player, uh, great talent. You know, is he going to be able to play? Is he not? So we, we were always worried, but he never talked about it in a practice group setting. That doesn't mean he, on a private situation, might you know grab Jerry or grab Josh and say, "Hey, you know, Billy, things are not looking great with Billy. We're going to need more of you to play point guard and little things like that." Same thing with Coach Hopkins. You know, from a maybe bring him into the office on a one-on-one -on -one basis, but never talked about it in a group setting because Beheim is very—he's a very focused individual, and it's all about getting the job done. What, whatever your job is, get it done. And I think that's why he never brought it up uh, in a kind of an open setting amongst the team. Well, let's move now. To, again, I, I always much more enjoy talking about the actual basketball team. And, you know, Syracuse, first exhibition game, 76-68 um, win over Carlton in their first exhibition game on Sunday. What were your general thoughts about that game? I think the two things I really liked about was just seeing Caleb Joseph just very aggressive, um, just you know going to the hole, uh, trying to score. He definitely looks more of a scoring point guard than, especially compared to Tyler. You know, when we when we watched Tyler early on, it was always like the game moved slow for him. It just was easy. And and Caleb's going to be, I think, more aggressive, more like just try to make things happen. Um, and then I think obviously I think most Syracuse fans are excited about Chris McCullough. Of course. Um, you know, coming from the Bronx, then he put, playing at IMG. I mean, it's a big that's a big time talent. He's the, I don't think anything's going to scare him. And uh, I think that's someone who potentially could be you know our go-to player down the road. 
Now, I want to ask you a question about Trevor Cooney, because as Mike Waters said earlier, he's kind of a hot-button topic for Syracuse fans. And he went 0 for 4 from downtown, 0 for 6 from the field. Over under for you, 35% shooting from downtown this season for Trevor Cooney. Over under, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over. Okay. Uh, I think he might take uh, his shots, better shot selection uh, that will help his percentage. But I, I think when you look at the Carlton game, don't even don't even look at Christmas performance or Cooney's performance because it's it's just a preseason game. They're playing with all new players. Right. It, it, they just got to get a little bit of the kinks out. Uh, but that's I think that obviously the biggest worry among Syracuse fans is. When we talked about last year, it was always if Cooney and Christmas have good games, the team was probably going to do well because they didn't have the consistency. Well, now those two guys are the ones that we're asking to be the most consistent. And can they be? And if they can't, that's where we're going to run into trouble because the rest of the team is, is pretty young. Well, let's, let's move to predictions now because, you know, this is your, now your third year on the program as a senior college basketball <laughs> analyst for us. So... You know, the first year you said you had a special feeling about the team. Lo and behold, Syracuse goes to the Final Four, kind of like what we were talking about with Coach Welsh earlier. So then last year, you were kind of like, well, they'll, they'll probably be fine, but, you know, I don't have that same feeling. So, uh, you know, Coach Welsh said, you know, they could put themselves in a position to be a Final Four team. Of course, we'll see how that shakes out. What do you think? I mean, I love Tim Welsh's uh, optimism. <laughs> I'm, I, I like to get behind him for, for that. Uh, but I'm a little bit worried about this season uh, just because of what we talked about uh, earlier is with the Cooney and Christmas is, is relying. And, and I always look to a team, you know, and Welsh talked about there wasn't that go, there's not that go-to guy. Right. So what happens when you're down, you know, it's a one-possession game, three and a half minutes left, and you, you need three straight possession of buckets. So who is Bayheim going to run that isolation play for? Um, and same thing happens when if you're up by, like, say, eight or nine points and Duke makes a, a six-point run, we need that one bucket to stop the momentum. Who's the guy that's going to be able to do that? Who is he going to run uh, certain isolation plays for? And I don't know who that is. I don't know if it's Christmas or Cooney. Maybe, could it be McCullough in February and March when he, he gets even better and better? Maybe, but that's my biggest fear is if you don't have that guy, um, you can lose some close games. So we'll see what happens come later in the year. And obviously, you and I are going to be talking a lot more. Andrew, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. My closing thoughts uh, is to uh, all the fans of the podcast that maybe live in the Syracuse area or outside the Syracuse area, is that if you do get a chance to go to a game this year, is, is make a special trip to the Mellow Center. You know, reach out to Syracuse about maybe even getting a tour. Um, it is an unbe unbelievable facility. Uh, the hit, just walking in there and seeing the history that they've put together, it's state-of-the-art. And I think it really just kind of showcases how strong the program is and how, how and it will remain no matter what happens down the road. It is an amazing, amazing recruiting tool and it's just a state-of-the-art center to play basketball. Yeah, I mean, I've been in a number of NBA uh, practice facilities and, and Syracuse is one of the best for sure. My closing thoughts are on your former teammate, Carmelo Anthony. He scored his 20,000th point of his NBA career against New Orleans in a win on Sunday night and he's just the 40th NBA player in history to reach that plateau. So congratulations to your former teammate, Andrew Cowie, on a pretty incredible accomplishment. That's it for us for Andrew Cowie. This is Wes Chang reminding you that when people get a little too chummy with me, I like to call them by the wrong name to let them know I really don't care about them. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV podcast network.